Welcome to Tice Talks, where we discuss all things faith and family, and we have had such a great emphasis on missions recently. And today with us, we have some amazing missionaries that have been on the field for about 12 years. Yeah, exciting. We are so excited to have with us the Anderson family. We have Jonathan and Rebecca here. They have five children, and I just wanted you to have an opportunity to meet them. 12 years on the mission field in Mexico, and they're going to tell us a little bit about uh, their story, what they've been doing, and uh, so glad to have you with us. Amen. Great to be here and excited. Uh, my name is Jonathan, and my wife, Rebecca, is sitting right here to my left, and uh, we've been serving the Lord there in Mexico. We love it. Uh, Mexico is known for their tacos, very good tacos. Yeah, you've mentioned tacos so much while you've been here. <laughs> you really must be a lover of tacos. I'll have to take you to a taco shop here in Mexico, in Las Vegas and see whether it, it compares to what's over there. That would be great. That would be great. And you have to come down and see us, and we'll get you some, as they say, some tacos with cilantro, cebolla, salsita when you get to, to as Mexico. As they say. Did, wow. did, you just, did you just cuss? I just want to know that. Watch it. I just want to know that. I just did. We just did a, a, a topic. We did a thing about, about uh, is cussing sin. Yeah, that was one of our last podcasts. <laughs> So let me ask you, just tell us a little bit about you. You know, uh, tell us about how you met, uh, or uh, your background, where you went to school, that type of thing. Great. We we both grew up in Georgia, and um, uh, Rebecca, my wife, spent um, six years on the mission field with her parents in Mexico, uh, from ten years until about sixteen years old, um, and then after that, um, she ended up back in Georgia, and her dad was starting Hispanic Works. Uh, there in Georgia, and we met uh, through one of the churches, Hispanic churches. Oh, and uh, at that time, um, I was there to learn Spanish, and, uh, and to meet Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she was very focused on Jesus, and uh, we we I don't think that was the idea that we were going to get to know each other. But at the same time, the Lord brought us together, and so that's where it all started. And 2009, got married. And uh, headed off to the mission field shortly thereafter. Okay, so and you've been there for twelve years. You you, went, you had to go on deputation, obviously. So spent a couple of years on deputation. Correct. Yeah, between two thousand ten and eleven, and then January two thousand twelve, we landed in Mexico City, second uh, of January two thousand twelve, to start language learning. And my wife, she pretty much knew the language already because of her. Uh, parents living there, and so she was a huge help. I, I did say, I did say that uh, my wife was not going to be my Spanish teacher. Uh, I did not want problems in our marriage. So that was very clear from the beginning. <laughs> so I did get a different Spanish teacher, but two years with the language, and then we started our first church, New Life Baptist Church, there in Toluca, Mexico, in 2014. Is that right? Wow! And now since then, you've planted two other churches. Is that correct? Correct. We From there, we saw God bless, and so we were able to see uh, just some different people take steps. And we had a, a couple who wanted to come around and learn more about starting churches. Um, and praise the Lord, long story short, we had them go with us, start the second church in 2017. So how long do you take them through a discipleship course, or how do you get them prepared to do that kind of thing? Correct. They, they were pretty mature already in their faith, and so it was mainly just training for becoming a pastor at that point, and so they wanted to come around for at least a year and a half and just kind of work with us. And so when they when they committed to that, I told them, I said, you know, uh, if you'll commit to being with us for about a, 
about a year, year and a half, then we'll, let's go out and start a church. And the idea there is that you're going to become the pastor. And, you know, going back to Mark, uh, I think it's chapter 3, 14, if I'm correct, talks about they were with Jesus and then they were sent forth to preach. And so we, you know, we told him, we said, we know that you are actually older than us, but if you would spend time with us and do the ministry with us, we would be more than happy to, to help you. And they, they were friends of my wife's parents for years. And so there's just a lot there that we had in common. And the uh, Lord just kind of brought us together. They're a great couple. They're just running yeah. the, running that church now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a blessing. That's wonderful. How do you um, choose where to start another church? Because you've started three now. Uh, so what is your process or you just pray and does God bring, uh, does God bring people by that say, hey, we have a need? What exactly like led you to the second church and then the third church? Well, you know, one of the things is always, always you start with the need, right? I mean, you're not going to go start a church on top of another church, but we, we usually what, what happens is we go into a new area. We'll visit that area. I'll take some of the men we're training and we'll pray, eat tacos and pray some more. <clears throat> and uh, we'll, we'll just get to know the people. Uh, and over time, God begins to, to, confirm where it is. Now, uh, we had, before we started our last church, our third church plant in 2021, we had actually been looking at another area. And over time, we saw that that this was a closed door for whatever reason. We didn't see God opening the right place to rent. And so we ended up going to another area as well to, to rent, to, to look for renting a building there. And it just seemed like everything just flew by. Just everything was open, found buildings, met the people. And I just told the team, I said, you know, this is this is where we need to start this next church. Okay, and so you you find you find the location, and again, if you if God opens certain doors, you you can just walk through those. Sure, you know, it, obviously, open doors for God might seem as, as a closed door to man, but uh, at the same time, you know, you you do want to you, you go meet people, you, you be around the people, and then you see God start to do stuff while you're while you're in that in that place in that town. A lot of times. Your heart gets knit to that place. It's kind of different, but you you be, you've been you begin to want to go to that place and spend time at that place, and um, you start meeting people at the different places where you buy food and people walking down the street, and and then all of a sudden you see God bringing something from nothing, and so now in Mexico is a lot different than maybe a lot different. I I don't know. Um, I know there's some very rural places. Are you in places, I mean, how far are these towns apart from each other? They're actually pretty close. Um, we've got the first church in a place called Santa Elena, San Mateo Tinico. we got Lerma, which is the second church plant, and then we got Ocoyacac. You don't have to repeat it. Okay. <laughs> it sounds, and, sounds like okra or something, something yeah. to eat. Yes. Yes. Some yeah. kind of vegetable. Yeah, you know, and there I can drive to all three churches um, very quickly if I need to. And that's because of culture. There, most people, when they go to church, they go to the Catholic church, and that's walking distance from their house. Okay. And so they're not thinking about getting on a bus or getting in a car to go to church. They have Catholic churches all over the place in every town. Mm-hmm. And so our desire is to, to go to the people. And, you know, the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So it's go. And so we go into their towns, and we meet those people. And, and so it's... If you're in a car, we can go from one ch- church to the next in about 15 minutes, 20 okay, minutes. Okay, but but it, you're walking. Well, a lot of the people that are coming are walking to church. Hmm. Correct. Here, when we started uh, Liberty Baptist Church here, we said we want to come to Las Vegas, hmm. 
but I don't want to just start one big mega church. I don't want to be. Uh, I compare it to a supermarket. I want to start. Uh, I want to. I, w- I want to start with a Seven Eleven mentality, so that uh, people are in their different communities. There's two million people in Las Vegas. It's a whole lot better to have a bunch of smaller churches where people can get to them. If there was an emergency and you couldn't drive, then you're still in your local church. So uh, that's interesting. We still we do have people that drive across town, and that's this is what they want to be, and so that happens. But but uh, so you're. The idea is a town of a what, a thousand, ten thousand? Uh, Correct. Yeah, you know, I think there's one area where we mainly reach almost everybody that goes to the church, with the exception of two families, and that's only ten thousand people. Okay. Um, Latima's a little bit bigger, probably about two hundred thousand, and then Okoyakaka's got about a hundred thousand. So, but yeah, you can literally start two, three churches within that. That one town sometimes. Yes, I, I guess I, that's the truth. I mean, because they're not. It doesn't matter how they're only going to get together with a certain amount of people. It doesn't matter how big right. or small the church is. So that's that's a, that's an amazing thing. So, uh, so then the plan is when you go back, is not just to, to not those three churches, but to plant church after church after church. <clears throat> Correct. That's that's our desire. We, our goal is to start at least fifty to sixty churches in Toluca. It's a city of two million as well, and you know if we could if we could get the gospel through a local church to every to every area where somebody can walk fifteen minutes at the most twenty minutes and be at a church, that's the goal. And you know I think that's where you can say the gospel has gotten to everyone um, because you've got each local church reaching out mm. to that community of people and you know the, the in the bible there's house churches and uh, you know you don't really see a whole lot of big big churches of the jerusalem and then it got split up but you know the idea is is it's we're okay with the smaller church mentality as long as that church has the right focus and is going forward to reach the community yeah the I, mm-hmm. and and they've got a place where they can come yeah. And teach well. Tell us a little bit about your family. You people will say, "Well, you know, I'd go to the mission field." But I'm, I've had people say this to me over the years. Well, when my kids get out, I'm going to go to the mission field. Well, my, it's going to be a whole lot easier. So, so let me ask you, Rebecca, what's what's it like being a mom on the mission field? You have five children. Yes, five. And what's what's their names? Uh, Victor's the oldest. Okay. He's Twelve, and Ryan is ten. And then Emma is about to be 10. They all switch ages around the same time. Oh, okay. They're like oh. months apart, but different years. So oh. she's about to be 10. Um, Hannah's about to be 7. And Skyla's 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so. great. They have, oh, we have three, they have two boys, two oldest, and three girls. Uh, we mm-hmm. have the same thing. We have Matthew and Joshua and then Charity, Faith, and Hope, but you're several years uh, behind behind us, it's different a great, generation. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Did God call you into the ministry separately, Phil, or that you know, like when you married your husband, that you were like, "Oh, this is what I want to do too"? How did that work? Yeah, well, like Jonathan said, my parents were also missionaries um, before that, but my dad was a pastor in Marietta, Georgia, of a bigger church, and um, so really, my whole life has been ministry. Hmm. Um, before I was born, he pastored a church in. Um, in Gainesville, Georgia. Before that, they were in Dawsonville. So um, it's all been ministry, honestly. I really don't know anything yeah. else, and I love the ministry. I wanted to do ministry, but I wasn't really sure about missions. Mm-hmm. And when I was 10, after going on a missions trip to Mexico, actually, my dad surrendered to the mission field. 
And so we all packed up and left and um, went to the mission field. And I feel like it was like an adventure. It was Mm. a really good experience. I really loved it. Learned to speak Spanish and loved the food and got to know a lot of people. And after we came back um, and he started planning Hispanic churches in Georgia, I just always wanted to go back. And I didn't really know if that was feasible because obviously whoever you end up marrying, like whatever the Lord is leading them to do, that's what you're going to end up doing as a wife. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know what God had for me, but I was like over the moon excited when I met Jonathan, who was going to Mexico. Oh, oh, that's, that's so neat. Now that's you said great. was is your is your dad Hispanic? Because you you said he a lot of his ministries are f- towards Hispanic speaking people or Spanish speaking people. Right. Yeah. He has um, really ever since we left Mexico, mm-hmm. his heart has been towards Hispanic people. Oh, wow. Because right now he's in Texas, okay. um, over a mission board that is for Hispanic families. Wow. Or, or so Mexican just God put them on. But he's not Hispanic himself. He's not. No, my grandfather was Mexican. Oh, okay. But um, none of us have ever met him because he he left when my mom was born. Wow. So, yeah, I have roots, but I didn't learn Spanish until later. Wow. That's what an incredible story. So what's it like being on the mission field and raising five children on the mission field? Mm. Mm. I think it's, it's a piece great. of cake, right? <laughs> <laughs> raising five children, yeah. period. It's just so Honestly, easy. Honestly, <laughs> I feel like raising children anywhere is, has its challenges. Um, sometimes uh, you would think that it would be more difficult, but I really don't think so. I think that's a lie that we tell ourselves. I think child raising, period, is difficult. It's a challenge. It makes you grow a lot, and it mm-hmm. it's really is a blessing from the Lord. Okay, so you know, so it's not... You feel like raising them on the mission field is the same as raising them uh, in America. It would be it would be the same. So that it's not a hindrance to you. Do they are they are your children involved in ministry? <clears throat> they they are, and Victor and Ryan are already starting to preach. Um, Victor told me he preached four times, and he'd written, that he he said I've preached four times. I've got four messages, and I said that's wonderful. Oh, that's and you had told neat. me that earlier, but I think that's so great. It is, and in some ways, the mission field allows your children to to hmm. avoid some of the craziness of America, and they just kind of stay focused on serving. As a family. In Mexico, they know what a woman is, don't they? They actually do. And, yeah. and, um, and you don't have to deal with all this LGBTQ. Uh, they're, they're a few job. years behind. But it's coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're a few yeah. years behind in all of that. And yeah. but the idea that your children are on the mission field with their parents and you're starting churches from scratch and there's you're planting the seed and people are getting saved. Your children are watching that. And um, I remember... I was uh, eating tacos with somebody. Got, You're got, always got, eating yeah. tacos. <laughs> he lives off of tacos. <laughs> you come visit. We'll definitely get a lot of tacos. Well, that's um, good. Victor, we were leaving, and and we so we had just uh, we had just seen somebody get saved, uh, and uh, we were driving off, and I looked over at Victor, and he was just beaming, and he and he just looked at. It, he was like, "This is just so cool." that my daddy's leading people to Jesus. Oh, and, you know, it's just, I know this happens in America, but there's something about having your kids. You kind of feel like you're on team mm-hmm. with them, especially in the beginning. And they get yeah. to be part of that. Yeah. And it's just super special. They're learning two cultures. They're learning two languages. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just believe that we're giving them an open door 
maybe is a window to look into the rest of the world. And that really, is, I believe, will impact them down the road uh, with, with what's going to happen in their future. And so we, we have our challenges. Uh, sometimes it's frustrating with different things, with mm-hmm. both languages trying to go on. We'll walk mm-hmm. in the church and yeah, I'll catch them. Definitely. You know, speaking in English, I'll be yeah. like, Spanish. <laughs> but, you know, it's, 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 even though they're in two worlds, they, they seem to really, really love it. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. wonderful. Um, Rebecca, if you say, you know, if you hear there might be a young woman that's listening to this and you, you would say, hey, if you think God's calling you to the mission field, what would you say to her? Like one of the most encouraging things that you can think, hey, prepare yourself by doing this. Yeah, sure. Um, I think that one of the things that really challenged me spiritually was reading missionary biographies. Hmm. It just really helped me to have a different outlook on life, to be more mature as a young lady, not to be so self-focused and, you know, fashion-focused or whatever, but just to really realize that there are people that made a lot of sacrifices. Hmm. And compared to sacrifices that we make nowadays (laughs) as missionaries, we really are wimps. Like, it's pretty incredible to read these stories Hmm. and— that was what really challenged me. I feel like that was <clears throat> something that my parents did a really good job at. Like, they always had books available for us to read. Mm-hmm. And um, examples, too. I would say get around other ladies that are doing what you want to do. Yeah. Spend time with them. Watch their lives. Ask them questions. That's really good. That's Is there a favorite biography or a missionary that you're like, oh, you know, that you grew up liking? Um. I can't remember. I think her name is Mary Rose Dibler. Mm-hmm. Have you read her no, book? No, I haven't. Uh-uh. It's an amazing story. It was a really big challenge for me when I was I was a young teenager and read her story. I'm trying to remember the title of the book, but that's the name of the missionary. The woman. Yeah, and you could find woman. it if there. Yeah, it was well, during good. the World War, and it's a pretty incredible story. Hmm. Well, thank you. How about you? Any Anything that you would say to a... To a man that's a, you're, or a young man that might be listening saying, uh, uh, this is how I knew that God wanted me, or these are some things you can do to prepare for ministry. I think the biggest thing would be is, is getting more involved in your local church where you're at right now. Um, go to your pastor, be a bug to him, ask him what you can do. Um, because the more you are around the ministry, you know, you're, that's a guarantee that God's going to be able to guide you where you should go. And so, obviously, if there's a mission trip opportunity, take that opportunity mm. tomorrow. Um, you know, sacrifice everything else. Put that money onto the mission trip. Get your passport as soon as possible. Go to the mission field. See the mission field. Um, make friends with missionaries. Um, ask them questions. Um, uh, you know, I, I remember going to a missions conference where God actually called me to, to missions, and I was on a Friday night listening to a, uh, a guy preach, and it was just— he I, he was a hero to me, and and I realized that all of a sudden, like oh, this this guy's like a hero to me, and then I realized that's what I wanted to do with the rest of my mm-hmm. life. That's great. Before well, what, before can we ask them for a prayer request before we go? Something that everyone that you know they're listening and right now when they get off of listening to Ice Talks that they can pray for you for. Sure. Well, um, you know, first of all, our, our family. You know, mm-hmm. you know, pray that we would. We would be able to continue on what the Lord, what the Lord wants for our family and our kids, our children, our marriage. I think is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If we can keep our marriage where it should be, sweet, and mm-hmm. um, enjoying each other, 
enjoying serving together hmm. that that ultimately is going to impact our, our children um, and so our family our health um, and then um, you know the ministry that we would see more and more people take that step uh, to to want to be serving others uh, you know those are your future pastors your future yeah. leaders and God's really doing some wonderful things there uh, with with some sweet young couples in Mexico, and and they've been taking over the things while we're back back here in the U.S. for a short time, and it's just a wonderful thing. And we just have this this faith that that this is just truly the beginning uh, of all that God wants to do. Well, God is using you in a wonderful way, and we're so thankful for that. I like what Doctor Afaro said uh, yesterday, uh, or maybe it was in the meeting this morning. Dr. Alfaro said uh, he's been married for 53 years. He said mm-hmm. you got to remember that that uh, marriage is not something that just is always happy. It's something you work at and you work at and you work at. Like and, I, and I love that. I think that's reality. And uh, people think sometimes you're in the ministry and, oh, they're just spiritual people. They never have any problems. Uh, I tell people my wife and I are both the two most stubborn people in the world. Uh, that, but uh, we've learned to, to get through it because we work at it every day by day. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it has been a pleasure to have you. We're looking forward to the rest of the conference. If they, if there's people that are listening, they'd like to get in contact with you to know more about your ministry. Is there a website or an email address that they can contact you by? Sure, that'd be great. Project Win Mexico. That's W I N Project Win Mexico.com. And our email is the same. It's Project Win Mexico at Gmail. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. We're so glad that you've been here with us today. Um, Be looking forward. We're going to be having a few more episodes with our missionaries coming up. We love missionaries because our church is all about winning people to Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Our purpose in life is to tell people how they can know for sure they're going to heaven. That's why God leaves Christians on this planet, to reflect Christ. We're not here for pleasure. We're not here for for, for riches. We're not here that we can enjoy and God and God can prosper us. We're not here for fame. We're here so that the world can see Jesus Christ in us. And so uh, we're so thankful that you came. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, this is Tice Talks, which is more than a conversation.